the CIA's darkest day in Afghanistan. We are the Spy Fi Guys, and this is The Triple Agent. Welcome to the Spy Fi Guys, where we cover spy facts, spy fiction, and everything in between. I'm Christian. And I'm Zach. And today, we've got a Microdot episode for you. Yes, to go along with our coverage of Zero Dark Thirty, as you may recall from part one, there was a scene involving a suicide bombing and killing of quite a few CAA officers. And today, we have a Microdot episode more about what happened with that. Yeah. Uh, so uh, in order to facilitate this, I read a book called The Triple Agent, The Al-Qaeda Mole Who Infiltrated the CIA by Joby Warwick. So for our listeners, who is Joby Warwick? Uh, the author of this book, is he someone famous? Yeah, or is, are they, in, like, are they Intel? What's their background? Are they Intel or are they former CIA or are they just- uh, He is a reporter. He's a journalist. Okay. He covers intelligence for the Washington Post. Since 1996, okay. he's a winner of the Pulitzer Prize and has appeared on various news channels. Okay. So the beginning of the story is the CIA officers at Camp Chapman waiting 10 days for the Jordanian doctor named Al-Balawi. So this would be the arrive. character in the movie Jennifer? Jessica yes, is the character you. in the movie, movie but her but name not. in real life is yeah. Jennifer Lynn Matthews. Oh. Well, that was a very fortuitous guess then. <laughs> well, the movie doesn't explicitly say that this is who she is, but I yeah. think that's what they're going for. Got it. So she was the base chief just three months into her first Afghanistan posting. Oh, okay. Hmm. And there's a part where they look at a sad little nativity scene at the base, because if you remember from the movie, they had a tray. Yeah. But that is not correct. Interesting. There were 14 people to meet Balawi. There were not supposed to be that many. Mm. They were not concerned he was going to kill them. He were, they were concerned he was, his identity was going to be leaked. Uh, oh, interesting. Yes. And as such, they had uh, the Afghan guards turned away so they wouldn't see him as he arrived. So that was real. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about Jennifer Matthews. Mm -hmm. She used to be the CIA liaison to Britain. She was raised evangelical Christian and joined the CIA in 1989. Throughout her career, she always felt the pressure to measure up to her male colleagues. I can imagine, yeah. Like Maya in the movie, she observed interrogations, including oh. waterboarding. And at one point, she observed them while she was pregnant oh. and got sick after watching one. Doctors thought the stress could hurt her baby, but it turned out okay. Okay. So Matthews was an Al-Qaeda expert and was working at the CAA during 9 11. Mm -hmm. And she nearly, along with other people, was disciplined, like punished for failing uh -huh. to stop 9 11. Uh -huh. Even though she was the one warning her, the higher ups, to take Al Qaeda more seriously. Huh. She felt shame for the rest of her life about her inability to stop 9 11. Not that it was entirely her fault. Right. Interesting. She took the role as a base chief, even though she had three children. She took it on for career reasons. She didn't feel like she could advance without it and was accepted even though she had little background in running spies. But she saw, and not just her, but many people saw Balawi as a chance to redeem her mistakes in the past. So let's talk about Balawi, Humam Khalil Abul Malal al-Balawi. So we first meet him in the book when he's being arrested by Jordanian intelligence. 
He's 31 years old. He was a doctor with two kids, and he had been posting pro-Jihad stuff on the internet for years, operating under a pseudonym. The NSA found him. They tipped him off to the Jordanians. He was radical, even by Al-Qaeda standards, supporting the most extreme members of Al-Qaeda. So you can get the idea of what, what he's thinking. He was interrogated by the Jordanians, probably tortured, and then was let out of prison to work as a double agent working for Jordan. Some Jordanians didn't trust him, but the CIA liked the opportunity to use, because he was so prominent in like the online jihad kind of world. Yeah. They're like, okay, this is our way to get in. Interesting. All right. So the middle of 2009, the CIA was facing a threat of a dirty bomb. There was rumors that Al-Qaeda had gotten their hands on radioactive material. It probably wasn't true, but I couldn't take the chance. And this is where we meet Elizabeth Hansen. No relation to Robert Hansen, as far as I know. Okay, I was curious. (laughs) And I think her name is spelled differently, too. Uh, Okay. So she would have been a great character for a movie, too. Let me tell you about her. She's young. She just turned 30 when we meet her. She's beautiful. She's funny. She likes to make scatological jokes. She has an impression of Beavis from Beavis and Butthead. (laughs) All right. Everybody loves her. She's even really tough. So there's a story where once she got within a few inches of another employee's face and she said, quote, the target is correct, sir. Either you take it out or we will. So there's a little bit of Maya in in her. (laughs) So meanwhile, the Jordanians inserted Balawi into Pakistan, told him to meet up with the Taliban. His cover was that he was going to be a doctor setting up medical clinics there. So he'd be a spy pretending to be a doctor, pretending to be a jihadist. (laughs) You see that? Mm -hmm. His code name was Panzer, as in the German tank, and then later Wolf. Uh, all right. Like from the movie. And the CIA decided not to tell the Pakistanis that they were sending him in. Hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Seems like a that's a choice. Well, remember how Brad Garrett, not the actor, said that they don't trust the Pakistanis? You can't trust the Pakistanis with anything. Mm-hmm. So it kind of makes sense. So meanwhile, Elizabeth Hansen was sent to Afghanistan working as a CIA officer. Her mom asked if she should learn karate before she goes. <laughs> Elizabeth said to her mom, if it's at the point where you need karate, it's already over. Hmm. She was living in Kabul, but that was risky because there were regularly suicide bomb attacks on military convoys and shooting attacks at hotels. She was assigned to the coast-based, coast-based, that's Mm K-H-O-S-T. That's where the suicide bombing took place. It was named after Green Beret Nathan Chapman, who had been killed by an Afghan insider attack. He was the first American soldier to die in Afghanistan. So Balawi vanished into Taliban territory for a while and then came back with a gift that we saw in the movie, a few seconds of video of him with Osama bin Laden associates. It was very quick work, what they called asset to target, incredibly quickly. And this is sort of the concern. Because the CIA don't know much about him, Mm -hmm. don't have much content with him, and he's going fast. But he helped the U.S. kill Taliban fighters by helping them mark targets. He worked through the Jordanians, but could do turnarounds quickly. So if the U.S. asked the Jordanians a question, they got an answer back fast. So some people did suspect Balawi of being a traitor, but they couldn't prove it. So here are some arguments against him, okay? Arguments not to trust him. He spent years and years and years preaching Al-Qaeda's message, Mm -hmm. but he switched sides after only three days in Jordanian custody. So what's up with that? hmm. He never showed much interest in material wealth because he lived the simple life of a simple country doctor. 
in like a, a local clinic mm-hmm. for most of his life. But now he's only willing to risk his life just because Jordan is paying him. Mm-hmm. And also he was a scared kind of introverted guy. How did he climb up the terrorist le- leader so fast? How did he become a, you know? Yeah. It's hm. a great then, question. Right. And then finally, if you're a true believer in a cause, you'll lie. True mm. believers are willing to lie. And there's every indication Balawi was a true believer before he was arrested. On the other hand, informants to spy agencies had cheated and lied before and taken money and so on, but they had never actually killed their handlers. Hmm. So the big break was that Balawi said to the Jordanians that Zawahri, mm-hmm. I think that he I think Zawahri was number two in yeah. Al Qaeda. He wanted medical treatment. And hmm. this news got passed all the way up to President Bush. I believe he was president at the time. So the Jordanians wanted to meet with Balawi again. He kept making excuses. And finally, he suggested Camp Coast or Cap, Camp Chapman, as the movie depicted. Mm. So the CIA wanted to meet him, but so did a couple of Jordanian handlers who had really... The Jordanian handlers have really interesting backstory, but we won't get into it right now. All right. It's, it's already too long. So <laughs> one of their handlers says, but he could be a suicide bomber. He being Balawi. Right. The handler said it's worth the risk. If it was real, he could walk away from the terrorist catching business forever and he'll have done what he came here to do. Hmm. It wasn't Jennifer Matthews's choice to host Balawi. She didn't want to deal with it. And they argued and argued and argued. She was sick of dealing with it. She wasn't like giddy, like a schoolgirl, like she was depicted no. in the movie. Right. <laughs> but she did want him to feel welcome, did make him get the birthday cake. So the birthday cake was real. Uh, okay. But concern remained. So in addition to all the stuff that I said before, there was too many people involved. It was moving too quickly. They were letting Balawi dictate the terms. These were all red flags. But the leadership decided it was too important a chance to pass up to get Zawahri. So they had to try. But of course, as we know now, Balawi was in with the Taliban and Al-Qaeda for real. So remember in the movie how he was like limping? He had like a crutch. Yeah. So the reason why was because earlier as he was infiltrating them or joining them, they wanted him to do an ambush on a motorbike, like a hit and run. Mm-hmm. And while practicing it, he crashed his bike and broke his leg. Oh, okay. Wow. But despite this, Al-Qaeda leaders saw potential in him and brought him on board. <laughs> they filmed that video himself. They like planned the whole thing. They even wow. allowed him to like know about Taliban positions like sacrificing their fellow Taliban soldiers so the CIA would trust them. Huh. Okay. Yes. Here's some of my questions. I was never sh- well, I wasn't ever sure in the movie mm-hmm. whether that was really him or if it was just some other guy. No, it was him. It whether was him. it was, you know, whether he had, you know, was a triple agent who got or a double agent who got caught or if it was a, you know, running the thing the whole time or what. So that's good to know. Well, the book doesn't say too much about him. Mm-hmm. really like the details of him being inside al-qaeda i don't think anyone's ever going to know right? right that's pretty secret but I, I wouldn't be surprised if he was like hey i'm in with the americans let's turn it against him against them so balawi made a martyrdom video before he went to coast and he explained that the driver he's going to meet a driver and the driver was going to take him to Chapman. And that driver wasn't Taliban, was a servant of the U.S., which was true. So therefore, Bobby's was like, it's okay to kill him. Nice guy. So the bombing was accurate, as depicted in the movie, like the actual bombing scene, except the, the 
the security guards like got between him, Balawi, and everybody else. He was like trapped against the car, and they had okay. guns pointed at him. But the the bomb was powerful enough. And still took everyone out. Well, only the three security guards were instantly killed. Okay. Oh. Huh. Matthews and Hanson were there. Yeah. They were they were wounded. Actually, there's a part. This was hard to listen to where Hanson like got up and ran away, but then collapsed. Oh, jeez. They both died on the operating table at a field hospital. That was a five-minute chomper ride away. According to the book, 90% of U.S. soldiers taken there survived, but none of the seven CIA officers killed. Oof. Dead. Now, I'm trying to remember, in the movie, there was a younger girl, like, younger girl there. Was that supposed to be Hanson? I don't know. Did she get killed in the bombing? I don't really remember all the no. details. Because there was uh, Debbie. Close to, uh, maybe, yeah, that was Debbie. Wait, Debbie. I don't think I don't think Debbie was at Camp Chapman. No, but there was another younger analyst who was there, who was like the one who was supposed to give real time updates. Then yeah, that was probably her. Yeah. So the only thing left of Balawi was his head, which is apparently not unusual for suicide bombings. Really? Bombers. Yes. That was that's true in Israel. Huh. That, that's something I mentioned in the book is that when Palestinians use suicide bombers, the only way to identify who was the bomber and not the victim was if the head was the only thing left. Wow. So that's normal. And it was used to ID him. (laughs) Two of Hanson's friends trekked through a Chicago snowstorm to inform her parents that they were killed, that she was killed. Excuse me. Mm -hmm. Matthews's family was informed while on a ski trip. Balawi's surviving family, including his parents received notices of condolence and a few of congratulations. Balawi's father was briefly detained by Jordanian intelligence. It was never the same after. At Matthews' funeral, her 12-year-old daughter sang for the audience a song from Les Mis, her mother's favorite musical. Yeah, she sang, Some will fall and some will live. Will you stand up and take your chance? Interesting. Hanson's ashes were buried in a CIA-sealed box in Arlington Cemetery. The CIA followed up with retaliatory drone strikes on senior Taliban commanders, and the war went on. Hmm. And that is it for the triple agent. Oh, well, thanks for that. That was really, yeah, really interesting and really get, brings to light that, you know, it's a very small part of the movie, but it's good to hear that the, the whole story behind that. Yeah, so the book had a lot of details about these people, Matthews, Hansen, Balawi himself. It's short. It's easy to read. The audiobook was only about six hours. So oh, if you're interested you? in learning more, I would definitely recommend it. Well, Thank you for joining us for this Microdot episode, and be sure to tune in next week for part two of Zero Dark Thirty. You can find us on social media at The Spy Fi Guys on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Until next time, I'm Christian. And I'm Zach. And we are The Spy Fi Guys, signing off. Thank you for listening to The Spy Fi Guys. If you enjoyed our podcast, please be sure to give us a five-star rating on iTunes. The theme song from this podcast is Mistake the Getaway by Kevin MacLeod from Incompetech.com. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. Films, books, and television shows reviewed by our podcast are the intellectual property of their respective copyright holders, and no infringement is intended. 
This is a personal podcast. Any views, statements, or opinions expressed in this podcast are personal and belong solely to the participants. They do not represent those of people, institutions, or organizations that the participants may or may not be associated with in a professional or personal capacity unless explicitly stated. Any views or opinions are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, or individual. You can find our podcast on social media at The Spy Fi Guys on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.